Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin Bessah Hashem Shalom Shir number 145. We're going to continue from yesterday's Shir in regard to infidelity. Um, and we're addressing mostly the hurt spouse, um, going just because of halachic issues where bringing up the case where the husband is the unfaithful and the wife was the one that was hurt, although it could be the other way around as well. And when it's the wife that's unfaithful, there's more halachic issues and complications that have to be addressed by a rav. But now we're going to talk about the emotional aspects of it and the rebuilding of the marriage. We mentioned in the last year there are three phases. One phase is the crisis phase, when the emotions are all over the place and it's extreme trauma. Nothing can be done then other than to go through that process. At some point when the emotions calm down, there's a decision phase where they, there's a discussion that could be had whether to continue the marriage or not. Sometimes it does not, but then there may be a decision to rebuild the marriage. And then comes phase three on the rebuilding of the marriage. And though he addresses primarily this, the, the, the hurt spouse, does mention to the unfaithful spouse that when it comes the the beginning stages, when there's the crisis phase, where the wife finds out about it and she's traumatized by it, going through all these difficult emotions. The, for the unfaithful spouse, the advice is to just, they can't do much. All they can do is to be present and to listen. And even if he has his own emotional anger or baggage that he has, now is not the time to express it. Right now, what he needs to do is to be humble, to say he's sorry, to show empathy, and then at a later stage, at a later stage, after the crisis stage is over, the therapist will turn then to the unfaithful spouse and say, let's hear what you have to say about the marriage and so on and so forth, but not now, not when the crisis phase is happening. When the crisis phase is happening, what he needs to do is, number one, listen, be humble, and um, she the hurt spouse can express anything she wants, and he is to have zero expectations. Right now, basically, the marriage, the responsibility of the marriage is 100% on the the unfaithful spouse. It's his responsibility. It has 0% responsibility for the hurt spouse, not just for the affair, but for the marriage also. It, he he has a hundred percent responsibility right now. He has to be aware of that, and he needs to listen, say he's sorry, be truly humble, and that's pretty much what uh, what uh, he needs to do. And um, because and then what what the unfaithful spouse needs to realize that the hurt spouse's lost feeling that they feel is enormous. There's a loss of identity here. Not in reality, but in feeling. They feel a loss of identity. Who am I? My whole foundation, I put so much kaychis into the marriage, my whole foundation fell apart. I feel a loss of specialness, a loss of attachment. Now, in reality, there was no loss of specialness, no loss of identity, but these feelings are there, and the feelings are feelings of lost, uh, loss, loss of specialness, loss of respect, self-respect, loss of sense of purpose, why am I alive for, and these feelings need to be respected. 
um, there's a deep shame felt. Again, it's not their fault, but they feel deep shame. And um, it's very, and, and they feel a loss of control over their life, over their thoughts, over their feelings, a loss of trust, a loss, loss of safety. And um, it's not just that they lost trust in their spouse. They lost trust in, in their whole world, in their whole existence, in the whole reality. So Moshe Zevlam mentioned that um, one wife told him after this that, you know, uh, it used to be when I put, you put your foot on the sidewalk, you know the sidewalk will hold your foot, right? It won't cave in. It lands there. Your feet land there. But now I don't even know when I'm standing, when I hit the pavement, the cement, that, that it's not going to cave in. And these feelings are normal, you're not crazy at all, and you're entitled to all these feelings. And another thing he said that's a tremendous insight is that the hurt spouse needs someone to talk to and confide in in this process as she's going through this crisis, not just to a rav and therapist, but also to a trusted friend or relative or to a sibling. They must know about it. Now, if you're concerned about Hilchis Lashon Hara, ask a Shaila about the Hilchis Lashon Hara. Here, there's a Toyales, and it's, there's a Puach Nefesh involved, and it's for the health of the hurt spouse. So you ask a Shaila. I'm not here to Paskin, but you get that Shaila asked, and most likely you will get a Heter, choosing the right trusted friend or relative or sibling, whatever it is, that, ha- that, that you have a right to tell them what your husband did and that you were cheated upon and, um, and you're going through this right now. It's necessary. It's needed. And for two reasons. Reason number one is that they need this emotional support to someone to confide in outside therapy. When, you, when you're doing it with therapists, the therapist is not there all around. When you're crying at 12 at 12 and, and midnight, and, and you, have, you, know, you can't always call your therapist. You need a shoulder to cry on. You need that emotional support. And you need it from somebody outside of your rav or your therapist. And that is a friend, a trusted friend, a sibling. That's reason number one. Reason number two is, is the secret must be not a secret any longer. That doesn't mean it becomes front page news. Doesn't mean that you're mafarsimit in a, in a ravim type of way. But... Someone outside the marriage needs to know. The secret has to get out. It's healthy for both spouses that the secret is out, and it shouldn't be just in their world alone. And someone from the outside needs to know, a trusted friend needs to know. And again, like I said, if um, you're worried about the Hilchis Lashon Hara aspect of it, of, you, you know, the wife the un, you know, that was hurt could call the Rav who knows about it already and say, you know, I need to talk to somebody. I feel it's important to talk to somebody. I don't want to be of any Lashon Hara or anything. Am I allowed to? How am I allowed to? Whatever they need to ask the Shilas. So I'm not getting into that. It's a Lashon Hara Shaila. But someone needs to know. Someone needs to know for those two reasons. And um, that's a very important insight. Another thing that Moshe Zev said, and by the way, this, what he said here, Beli Neder, and this insight is so valuable that Beli Neder, I want to emphasize it in many other shiurim, in many other contexts in life. And it's basically like this. 
It's feelings versus values. People make the wrong assumption that if we value something deeply, then we'll automatically feel it. Or the opposite. If I feel something deeply, that means I really value it. And this is not always true. Very often it is not true. And very often what a person needs to know is that when they're acting on a value, even if they don't feel it, it is real. It is not fake. It is not the fur it's the furthest thing from fake when you act on a value despite the fact that inside you feel the opposite. You're not a phony. You're being very real. An example Moshe Zevlam gives, a typical example, you come home from a chasana, I guess you had a babysitter, came home one in the morning from a chasana, you're wiped, two in the morning, the baby starts crying, you get out of bed, you're extremely tired, you're upset, and you're nervous, and you're overtired, and the last thing you want to do is take care of that, that baby of yours. But you go into the room, give the baby a bottle or whatever you need to do you give a hug and you kiss the child give it the care even if you feel in your heart zero love but it's a value it's my child i'm taking care of the child i'm expressing the love that the child needs to have you are being real it's precious don't say because i don't feel it or even feeling the opposite i'm a phony adaraba it's even more real by the fact that you're not feeling it. This concept is so important, extremely important in every aspect of life, as I'm going to explain, Be'ezus Hashem, in future shiurim, but it's especially true in the healing process of the journey of the couple that suffered from infidelity. Because what very often has to happen in these situations is that they need to act on a value on building the relationship, even if their feelings are pulling them in a different direction and very often in an opposite direction. Now, the first first um, question is um, that is asked after being betrayed is the hurt spouse basically has a legitimate, perfect question. Why not end it? He destroyed me. Betrayed the trust and she has a right to end it. Why shouldn't I end it? And truth be told, sometimes it does need to end. The truth is, though, is in that crisis phase, however long it takes, a week, two weeks, a month, two months, whatever, however long it takes, it's very difficult to make even the situation, to, to make a decision in, you know, in that phase. Um, and usually the decision will be an incorrect one if you make a decision in that phase. You have to go through that process. And, um, you know, and but sometimes it, the unfaithful person is behaving really badly during this crisis phase. Or, you know, the, 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 the one that was hurt says, I cannot, you know, see it going on. Or the marriage was bad from before, and this was the... You know, there was like 20 years of a bad marriage and this affair was something that just like broke the camel's back, then the marriage sometimes may have to end indeed. But very often, and he said this 
And, you know, it sort of surprised me, but didn't surprise me based on his experience and other experiences. Sometimes these affairs take place even when the marriages are actually overall good. And that people have trouble accepting that fact or understanding, you know, how could that be true? But very often it is true, even though people seem to reject that notion. Now, the truth is, if there's an affair, there was a problem in the marriage. There's no question about it. Uh, but that does not mean that the var- marriage had no value. And there's a value there that very likely could be saved. And uh, that's one reason why it may be worthwhile to consider continuing the marriage. Number two is is that if you end the marriage, you'll feel an open wound. While if you work on saving the marriage, it's possible to heal the wound. And we'll continue as Hashem in the next year.